Welcome to the Magicians TV cast, uh, brought to you by The Workprint. I'm your host, Bilal, and my co-host, Nicole. Good evening, or morning, or afternoon, wherever you are. <laughs> I think this will likely go up after the episode oh, that's true. airs. So. <laughs> good evening, then. Yes, good evening, everyone. Um, so, uh, I think we can start this podcast off, um, you know, just a little bit about what our listeners can expect. I almost said viewers thinking we're on TV. Um, (laughs) Not that we'll ever be on TV. Um, Yeah, so we over at the work print, just Nicole and I, since we're the only ones watching The Magicians, really wanted to do a Magicians podcast um, because we just really, really enjoy the show and nobody else uh, um, shares our... um, Undying love for The Magicians. Yeah, Yeah. pretty pretty much (laughs) undying love. Um, So... Yeah, we decided to do a podcast, as well, as well as three other podcasts at this point. So, yeah, we're doing a lot of podcasts. Um, yeah, so to before we get started, I just want to touch upon some amazing news. Um, Nicole, what's better than an entire season of The Magician starting tomorrow? A follow-up season five next year! Yay! Yes. I was so scared that this was going to be their last yeah, I because as much as I love sci-fi, seeing a series get uh, past seasons four or five is very rare. Is a very very rare, very very yeah, rare. I, yeah, I can't think of a season or a series that was that's made it past four in a long time. <laughs> yeah, um, like Twelve Monkeys was one of their big ones. Mm-hmm. The viewership wasn't high, so like four made sense there. Even though that show could have gone longer, even Battlestar Galactica was four. So to get an email earlier today saying that the magicians was renewed for a fifth season and not seeing any words that were like and it's a final season was fantastic um along with that uh news um there was also news that they're promoting executive producer henry alonzo myers to co-showrunner so uh, the series will now have three uh showrunners which kind of makes sense especially after um sarah gamble who um, has been with the series since the beginning, is also doing You over on Netflix now. Um, she's been showrunning that, and that series is fantastic, if you haven't checked it out It's yet. such a guilty pleasure. Like, oh, 100%. Could not stop binge-watching, but it was good. <laughs> did, you, did you hear how, like, I think it was around, like, 1.1 million people tuned into it on Lifetime, and they, when they put it up on Netflix, it, 40 million people, yeah... So that's the power of Netflix, and I think that's one of the contributing factors to why The Magicians has been so big for sci-fi, and it's really brought an entire uh, new uh, audience to the network, is because once the season's finished, they're up on Netflix, and it really has driven a massive uh, viewing audience to that show. Uh, I think it was, after the first season, like the season two premiere nearly doubled its audience, if I recall correctly. Um, so, yeah. Um, congrats to Sci-Fi. I'm super excited for uh, the upcoming season, um, season five. Uh, but right now we're on season four, which we've seen the first three episodes of. But we're not gonna touch upon episodes two and three today. We're gonna talk about episode one. Um, so Nicole, why don't you uh, kick it off? Kick us off with a little 
recap of where we left off last season. Sure. Um, so last season was all about the quest for the seven keys to bring magic back. Um, and they did, but it did not turn out quite the way expe they expected. So they ended up going to Black Spire, which was um, on the underside of um, Fillory. And it just so happened that there was a prisoner in there too. So long story short, the prisoner got out and it's now inhabiting uh, the body of our beloved Elliot. Um, yes. Another crazy thing that sort of happened there was that um, Alice decided that she was going to destroy the keys because no one could handle magic. It was corrupting in her, in her opinion. So Julia ended up using a lot of her goddess powers to repower the keys and because of that they were really left vulnerable when um the McAllisters and um one of the guys from the library showed up with the dean to siphon the magic and give it um to have the library have control of it essentially as a result alice gets locked up in the library for breaking her agreement with them. Um, Penny, original Penny, is still stuck in the underworld after he died because he ate a cupcake. And so now I think that might be kind of like a Persephone thing where he might not be able to leave anymore. Um, and then the rest of the questers ended up getting new personalities and are kind of under a witness protection program just so that the McAllisters can't get them. Yeah, so that's where we left off. And now that we're in season four, things pick up pretty much right after that. And um, we, we open with um, a, a lady named Kimber who has gotten an invite letter to uh, break bills. Yeah, and it's very, it's very uh, reminiscent of break, uh, Quentin's yeah, season one, when Quentin receives his letter to break bills. Yeah, it's 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 almost, you know, she, she kind of goes through the exact same thing. And instead of Elliot waiting for her, it's Todd smoking a cigarette. Oh, God. But, but even right away, um, you know that things aren't quite the same because he says hi to these librarians and basically tells her, oh, pro tip, you should be nice to them because they control everything. Yeah. <laughs> And he also mentions like they're under a new world order. Exactly. It, it may be better than what it, how it was before, but maybe not as good so as much. the old old. Yeah. The interesting thing too in their opening sequence, um, so within seasons one to three, it was always like a graffitied wall, which looked like it could have been like you know some abandoned warehouse in Brooklyn, but now it's completely painted over and it's red and um, the windows are fine, so it's sort of like a little clue to the audience that hey this is not the show that you had thought it was back you know back in seasons one to three so i thought that was a really nice touch i actually did not catch yep. that oh yeah um, Rewatch it and look at that frame and you'll be like whoa it's so clean <laughs> wow okay i have to actually pay attention to that when I go back. <laughs> yeah so um yeah so kimber arrives to this exam uh, much like Quentin not knowing what the hell is going on and no one's really uh, telling her what what's what happening yeah what the situation is and uh, you know Dean Fogg uh, you know gives the entrance exam which is like that shifting exam and this poor girl is failing and, <laughs> not not even failing she shouldn't be there and she's just, it's just like they're looking um 
who is it with Dean Fogg? Uh, Professor Lipson. Yes, Professor Lipson uh, like basically holds this sheet of paper that tracks everyone's uh, correct or uh, correct or wrong answers, and she just has X's going across the board, and uh, she turns to Fogg and is just like, uh, maybe we just need to just mind wipe her and send her back, <laughs> uh, and we and Fogg gives her a glance over with one of those magic mirrors, mm-hmm. the glass, yeah. Yeah, 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 the glass, and as soon as he does it, it shatters. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um. They decide to keep her around because there's something to her, uh, and one on a closer look, as like the camera goes back to her uh, and the lens comes into frame, we see it's actually Julia. Yeah, inside of Kimber's body. Yeah, and it's so it's actually such an interesting twist because if you flip it to like the first season, the, everyone else was at, was at break bills except Julia. And now Julia is in break bills and everyone else is sort of out there fighting for themselves. So I was kind of like, oh, that's a very, very interesting twist. Yeah. I think I think we could talk about Julia, uh, Julia's part now because she is, out of everyone uh, from the original group that was at uh, Dark Spire, she is the only one at break bills. Um, so she's by herself and she... You know, she ends up passing that exam thanks to Fogg. Uh, and even the librarian, Zelda, the head librarian, questions him about it going, like... Are you, you sure? sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you sure? And he's like, he's like, yeah, there's something about her. Uh, do you think Fogg realizes it was her? See, no? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because in one respect, possibly because... Um, Lipson wanted to take a look and he was like no I have a headache let's drop yeah. it so yeah. maybe he does yeah and then like when Kimber when Kimber comes back to his office and is just later in the episode and is like hey why am I here like none, none of this makes sense to me I don't show any magical talent of any kind like why and he basically tells the story of what he did to Julia, how he yeah. should have accepted her and brought her in, but because of the timeline, because of the, the beast, beast. Yeah. Um, he had to keep her away, and that kind of brought Julia to one of her worst possible timelines ever. Um, I mean, Julia's been through a shit ton. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. She has been through a lot of dark stuff. Oh. Yes. And it's just nice seeing Fog admit to it, and if he does know that was Julia sitting in front of him, it was... I, I don't think it's... A, I don't think it covers for everything he's done to her, but it was a nice apology. Yeah, and exactly. And it felt heartfelt. Exactly. And he was like, I don't care if you can't do anything right now, but, you know, I'd rather have you kind of be within break bills and protected under break bills rather than just sort of, like, fending for yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty much it for Julia this episode, uh, as she kind of wanders around Break Bills trying to figure out her place. She'll have a lot more coming up in the next two episodes, but somebody who is possibly in the worst situation right now, well, maybe second worst situation, <laughs> would be Alice. Oh, Alice, poor Alice, yeah. She's yes. still in solitary, sort of. Yeah. yeah, so Alice finds herself jailed up in the library next to uh an interesting character yes Yes, he knows named nick yes he knows knows many things who knows if you're naughty or nice he knows if you're awake 
<laughs> yes, Alice finds herself next to Santa, which is said. crazy that the that the library basically jailed Santa Claus. Yeah, apparently for murder on and a possession on the premises. So I wonder about that murder part because he was like. Oh, like I would ever murder anyone, but I wonder if maybe because he said he was working with elves, right? So maybe the elves murdered someone accidentally. I don't yeah. know. And also, all the sex stuff about elves—about half of it—it's true. According <laughs> to Santa, so elves still were pretty kinky creatures. Just be careful. Don't believe all the lies. <laughs> but it's uh, pretty interesting that. He, kind of like how he ended up there where it's a much more sort of I guess uh, realistic view wherein he was just a magician trying to finish a spell and trying to find like really good kids because um, he wa- what he wanted to feel like less lonely and so he wanted to reward the kids who are actually still really good and not fully corrupted yet um, and so because he needed a book that was in the poison room, he ended up getting caught by the library and then thus jailed. But who knows how long he's actually been there, right? He didn't actually mention how many years he's been stuck in there. So Santa's never visited me, so... It's been a long time. (laughs) It it might be because I'm Muslim. I don't know, (laughs) but it's been 30 years, so... Come on. That's that's at least some, some of a time frame on how long he's been locked up. Santa, please. <laughs> and while in there, um, Alice, I think it's, you know, it's sort of really interesting that, you know, Santa kind of tells her that she's, you know, she know, he knows she's a good person. Yes. And I think Alice's character has been struggling a lot ever since she uh, she returned from being a Niffin. And like all these things that she sort of had to deal with um, as far as kind of retribution, right? With a lamprey and like all these terrible things that she did while she was a magical creature. And now she still believes that she's a horrible, horrible person. But here's Santa telling her that you're actually good. And that, you know, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. And I think that this might be kind of her redemption season wherein she'll figure out a way to sort of make things right with Quentin and everyone else. Just because she's partially responsible for why they're in the situation that they are right now, right? I mean, she had good intentions, but at the same time, kind of her actions helped cause this scenario. Yeah, and it's interesting because I don't know if you caught this, um, but during one of Zelda's, I think it was Zelda's first visit to this mm-hmm. cell, she hands uh, Alice a book. Did you get to see the title of that? It was like the Metamorphosis, right? Yes, Kesko's the Metamorphosis, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, with a giant cockroach. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't notice the giant cockroach. But that's I, I hilarious. Noticed, <laughs> I noticed it the second time around. And, I mean if you I mean just looking at Kefka's story uh, about a man who turns into a cockroach who you know tries to help his family through uh you know deal with the problem like the, just the change the little change within and oh well and uh, out you know within and uh on his outside um it I wonder if this is like a clue towards what we can expect mm. from Alice this season of uh, just uh, yeah. cuz I mean Alice in 
season three was not the happiest person. Mm-hmm. She really didn't want to work with anyone. She didn't want to be around Quentin. Uh, and th- the turn at the end as well was not welcomed by anyone mm-hmm. <laughs> besides yep. the library. Yep. Um, so I, maybe it's a hint, a little bit of foreshadowing at what's to come. I can't remember if the man that turned into the cockroach died at the end. Oh, I really hope that's not the case for us. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Um, but that's yeah. that's so funny because, like, yeah, she ends up eating a cockroach in the episode. Yes. So, <laughs> in order to break out of her cell, Alice slits her wrists, and and the library takes her out and puts her in the in, infirmary. In yeah. the infirmary. So, for Alice's part. I think she was just trying to get find a way out of the room to get a better yeah. like scope of what's yeah. what's how location wise like where she was yeah secret agent Alice mm-hmm. yeah so while she's out there on uh, her bed she notices a cockroach on the ground and <laughs> and eats it <laughs> and what she puts it in her mouth, mouth she doesn't yeah. eat it and then <laughs> so disgusting. and then Zelda comes and has yeah. this conversation about you know hoping that one day she'll come around her, yeah, yeah come around give her aid to the library i honestly feel like zelda sees her like a younger version of herself Ooh, yeah yeah because you know like she did this thing for them even though she, and she changed her mind at the last second i may and I, I feel like she sees her as a daughter even though she has yeah. a daughter she has a daughter right? she did but remember harriet may or may not have survived the mirror bridge yeah oh my god it's all yep. about that yep so that is tbd we don't know if she's dead dead yeah um but no i agree and i kind of feel like sh- uh, zelda is co- sort of trying to collect really powerful magicians like mm-hmm. that's why she, you know she really wanted penny too because his his talents were so rare as a traveler and with alice you know the whole spiel where she could surpass um mayakovsky and her father and fog like she probably sees alice's abilities as a tremendous asset to the library and to the order um and i hope that we learn more about the order this season too that's one of the things that's sort of like has been kind of in the background but now that they're controlling everything i hope we kind of learn more a lot more about them yeah i mean the other thing i also question is like they've been rationing magic Mm -hmm. but if they have unlimited magic on tap why why ration it's probably control like a way to control information a way to control who gets what and it's you know it's probably also like a way for them to earn money right or to earn something favors whatever it is or get books that they want like i think yeah i think it's like a very very um like sort of way to control knowledge and to control be be able to control everything i think yeah makes sense also might stop someone else from killing a god oh that's true yeah, and getting them in that situation all over again. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But I think for Alice, that pretty much wraps up her part of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, slits her wrist, swallows a cockroach, and... and is now trying to figure out, yeah, and is yeah. trying to figure out what to do with a cockroach. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also have to say, I... You don't normally see it on the screener, but I kind of appreciated the suicide prevention. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that was really good. Thing yeah. at the end. That um, was really so good. Good move on sci-fi. Not sure we needed Alice letting her wrists, um, but I kind of get it. 
for her to get out and make yeah. it serious. Like, she had to go to the extreme. Oh. Yeah, in order to get out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think after Alice, we can jump to the four amigos. Oh, yes. So... We start off with Sam, who is Katie, who's a police detective. Should we go over who's who? Yeah. um, Yeah. So, after... So, everyone that was at Dark... Was it Dark Spire? Black Spire. Black Spire. Mm -hmm. Everyone that was at Black Spire has had their identity changed into someone. So, Mm -hmm. we've already been over Julia, who is Kimba. Alice luckily gets to keep her identity, but is prisoned. But Penny is now DJ Hansel... Who's this, like... DJ slash yoga instructor. <laughs> yeah. Just Im- imagine, like, the douchiest yoga instructor you could ever think of, but he's also a DJ, <laughs> and that's who Penny is now, which is, like, the complete opposite of who he's been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Um, I kind of like seeing Penny just nice and relaxed and not just angry all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice. I-, I feel like he got a win out of his new identity. Yeah, he's a much calmer personality this yes. time around. Uh, Margot is Janet, a fashion editor, mm-hmm. who I think pretty much runs, is kind of like a Cat Graham-esque uh, from Supergirl, um, just runs her a magazine. Um, She's sort of assistance. reverted back to, like, mean girl Margot from season one, right? 100%. It's It's very interesting. Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. And it, it kind of, like... Her new identity fits her perfectly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Josh is an Uber driver, sadly enough. I would have liked to see him as a chef, but... I can't. Oh, yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah. But, yeah, somehow he ends up as an Uber, Uber driver. Uber driver, yeah. And then Katie, uh, who, in an interesting turn when we first see her, is being arrested and uh, being put into the back mm-hmm. of a car, only to be, like, only the high-five, like... The police officer, yeah. yeah. the police officer next to her, and you realize she's a detective. At first, I was like, oh, no, not Katie. Why Why did they, like, ruin Katie again? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, no, she's a detective. She's good at her job. Yeah. Uh, and she's pissed because the one guy she has arrested has gotten away Multiple times, again. yep. Yeah. And uh, I think our partner lets her know, like, it's, like, the sixth time he's gotten away. Um, so she decides to, like, track him down. And as she does, he, like, disappears. But he finds a uh, tattoo on this guy in a store. Yeah, uh, so it's the Hedgewitch star tattoo, right? Yeah. And when she goes in the back to find him, all she sees is a mirror with blood on it. So obviously we know that the guy used it to, as a mirror bridge to get out. And the place that he entered was like a Hedgewitch sort of like safe house, basically. And But of course she doesn't know that and is totally confused and um, ends up going back to like the police station and as she tries to start kind of finding out what that symbol was, all sorts of things start to crap out on her from like her computer shorting to her trying to write something on a pad and spilling coffee and then the lights go out and so you know that Fog's spell is like really working right now and it's designed to kind of keep them away from anything kind of directly related with magic i think right yeah um it's pretty funny but it's also really refreshing to see all of them portray themselves but as someone else (laughs) if that makes sense yeah and like some of them look like margot's like janet yeah the body that margot's in 
like looks like Margot. Penny isn't just another brown guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Katie and uh, Josh, vastly different than what yeah. they look like. Yeah. Um, so Katie decides to go and uh, track down this head hedgewitch on her own, and he the hedgewitch sees her following him and does like a spell to like get a closer look to see what the deal is and get blasted away. Mm-hmm. But luckily he survives because he's wearing this medallion that protects, you know, offers some sort of protection. So he, uh, so what, Katie goes up to him? Yeah, he, she finds him again somehow, and it looks like he's trying to get out of town, and he starts basically saying, yo, I'm just selling, like, super low-key stuff and charms and, like, you know, um, enchantments or whatever that's not gonna help anyone, or uh, hurt anyone. But she's super confused and thinks, is that, like, street talk for drugs or whatever? And he's like, oh, you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? And she then somehow notices, like, the medallion that he's wearing and rips it from him. And I don't know why he, like, doesn't try to get it back and just runs away and then gets hit by a truck. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, why did you do that? <laughs> it, it wasn't even like somebody said witch or, like, magic yeah. or something. He just gets, gets hit, hit by a truck. <laughs> like, it no, no bad juju here. The guy just, like, did not look both ways before crossing the street. Like, the number one rule of kindergarten, look both look ways both before ways. crossing the street. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But now, equipped with this medallion, mm-hmm. uh, Katie decides to do some digging on herself and discovers that she's actually a character in a book or graphic novel mm-hmm. called A Flock of Lost Birds, which is, weirdly enough, written by someone called James Tiberius R. Martin. <laughs> so is that like a Star Trek and Game of Thrones? Those references? <laughs> all in one. <laughs> um, and with it, she tracks down Margot uh, and has to explain to Janet uh, mm-hmm. that sh- her life isn't what she thinks it is. And what her help they track down dj hansel and the uber driver that is josh yeah they don't actually say what josh's name is which is it's isaac is it isaac yeah okay yep i was like trying to figure that out (laughs) although they try to find brian who is quentin and nigel who is elliot but they're both reported missing Brian is an English professor, and Nigel is a bastard son of a British lord. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but so when they get together, um, it's sort of more kind of like trying to convince each other that, um, you know, this thing, magic is real, blah, blah, blah. A couple of sort of more dangerous things happen, and then Marina shows up. But it's not the original Marina, of course. It's Marina 23 from the 23rd timeline. But I'm so glad she's there anyways, regardless. And And she has that (coughs) charm. Just like, uh, when Marina walks into a room, she, like, steals the scene. Yeah, she's very commanding. Her presence is very commanding. I I wish I could walk into a room like that. And be like, yo, this is what's happening. (laughs) Uh, the actress, uh, what, Casey Roll? Yeah. Yes. Yep. She's very good. Very, very, very good. She needs to do, like, she needs to coach my life. <laughs> so Marina takes them back to her stolen condo via Mirror Bridge. And she has them essentially line up or 
uh, stand up, stand around in a circle of sorts. And then she starts, she wards up her place and starts to chant a spell to basically try to figure see into um, Fog's spell. But of course it doesn't work because it's really, it's really, really strong. And so she um, basically knows that, you know, there's some serious, serious spell work happening with them and that they must have done something to basically get in this position, right? So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah and uh, after she casts a spell, it kind of sends out this shockwave mm-hmm. and it knocks yeah. everyone out. Yeah, except and- her. Because of the her. amulet, yeah. yeah. But during that brief moment, um, Margot Janet gets knocked out and has another vision. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Oh, did we talk about Oh, we first? haven't talked about her first visit from Ember yet. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there's a few things we haven't talked about with Margot. Mm-hmm. So before we go forward, we're going to mm-hmm. rewind a little bit. So while working in her office, uh, Janet falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And as she's dreaming, she gets a visit from Ember. But it's not actually Ember. It's more like a holographic, realistic message. It's like an Ember Echo, right? Where he pre-programmed this sort of auto-feedback loop whenever um, Fillory is in trouble. Like, catastrophically in trouble. Yeah. yeah, It's like, in case of emergency. emergency. Yeah. Break glass. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes, break glass. Somebody broke the glass. And that's most likely in this case, I'm I'm assuming it's the creature uh, that is now inhabiting Elliot's body. Um, so Ember basically tells uh, Janet that she needs to... Fix uh, this. Fix this. Oh, but you have to remember that Margot is the High King. So yes. <laughs> Ember is very confused. He's like, you look like a the woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Ember doesn't, doesn't really, uh... Realize, yeah, realize what's that. going on. Yeah. She yeah. is High King. Yeah. Yes. In his mind, Margot's a man, which is... Which is uh, funny. Uh, it, it, it plays well. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, he, he sends her back, telling her to, you know, fi- figure this shit out. And, uh, just make sure it's not zombies, because he hates zombies. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, when Marina casts her spell on her and gets knocked out, uh, Marco is back in front of uh, Ember, who's just like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you not in Fillory doing what you need to? And she's like, I'm in New York. I don't even know what, what Fillory is. Yeah. You know what Fillory is. And so, Ember is just like, oh, you should have just said so, and sends Janet to <laughs> that's amazing though that sort of even like in this incarnation of ember like he's still strong enough to be like oh interworld travel no biggie yeah, i'll just send it, you <laughs> which begs the question is like is he really dead cons- yeah, is he yeah. really dead because if you have that much power still lying around yeah i imagine you, I mean, could you look, revive look, yourself? Yeah, Vol- Voldemort was yeah, a frail, exactly. frail 
yeah. person after, you know, the events of Godric's Hollow, and he managed to come back. All I'm saying is, maybe Ember's got some horcruxes lying around. Hey, you never know. You never know. Yeah. That clock. It's the clock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did see a picture today on Twitter of the actor who plays Ember um, posting a picture of him getting into makeup, but I don't know if it's old or new, right? I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, so I actually saw that the other day, yeah. and I was wondering... I was like, I was like, oh, this is probably for his stuff in the first episode, mm-hmm. or is but that later I, episodes? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, honestly, for those wondering if we're spoiling anything, I don't remember episodes two and three that well in detail to remember if that's true, and we really yes. haven't touched upon anything in episodes two and yeah. three. Um, and and honestly, episodes two and three so good, so much better than the premiere, and I'm a big fan of this premiere, mm-hmm. which. Um, Circling back to our final characters, uh, Elliot and Quentin Bryan, um, we see them getting some ice cream. Out- yeah, getting some ice cream. And Brian, Quentin, Quentin Bryan, just we'll just call him Quentin. Yeah, is pretty much telling uh, Elliot the creature that you know, like, hey, how about we don't kill people? Like, can we? Let's play a different game. Else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's play something else. And uh, the creature is pretty much is like, no, we're going to kill all your friends. And then the poor ice cream attendant's like, hey, the ice cream order's ready with Jimmy's. And Elliot's like, but I asked for sprinkles. And Quentin's like, no, no, those are are. sprinkles. (laughs) Poor dude didn't survive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, working retail sucks, but man. It's deadly sometimes. That's... Yeah, I don't even know if that counts as retail, but yeah, that's one summer job he should not have had. Mm-hmm. So their next um, sort of place that they're heading to is Greece, um, because um, the creature slash Elliot wants to kill someone there, and um, he doesn't really reveal the reason why, and only says, "Oh, he knows what he did," um, but it's. It's interesting because that seems to be kind of his main motivation, right? He's looking to get revenge on, I'm assuming, the gods who locked him up at Black Spire. And I'm really, really curious to find out uh, throughout the season who the creature actually is and sort of where he fits in mythology. Um, Because that would be really interesting to know and sort of get his origin story, too. Yeah. Uh, All... I can really say from the first three without spoiling too much. Mm-hmm. It's like he is powerful. He will get his way, and he knows how to bend people to his will. Um, I mean, I think both of us finished the first three episodes and were like, just like, okay, we need, we need the next one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Now. Yeah. Especially, especially like. Uh, oh, I finished the premiere. I finished this first episode, when, uh, and I was like, okay, you know what? We're, Magicians is back. This this is great. Like, Margot's in Fillory with no idea of... What's happening. What, what's yeah. happening. Um, you know, that's a fun little ending. But, like, the end of the second episode and the end of the third, like, shit gets real. Um, and it's like, there's a lot of interesting journeys lined up for certain characters. And I think one of the ones I'm most excited to see unfold is Margot's, mm-hmm. um, based on some of the conversations that happen in the second episode. Um, but, yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts of this premiere and the first three? Um, 
I agree. And I, I feel like overall, um, the magicians never sort of sticks to anything that formulaic in the sense where I never, where, where they've ended up going, I've never expected it. So it doesn't feel predictable. Like it's always like very, very surprising. And um, even like with the premiere, it was very unexpected in a lot of different ways. Um, and even with, um, within the next two episodes as well. And I, yeah, like I am really excited to see where they take it. And now that we're getting a season five, like I read somewhere that, um, they were actually adapting. So the, f a lot of the fourth season is based on the last book in Lev Grossman's trilogy. And so they, they apparently are doing a much more faithful adaptation for this season. Um, so after that, though, it's super exciting to see what the possibilities will be for season five. So I'm very excited for that. Oh, and I and also there's supposed to be another musical episode. So I'm oh. very excited for that. Very, very excited. I did not know that. And I'm yep. pumped. Yep. Um, yeah. It, <coughs> there's, there's some cool callbacks to some things like I, uh, we didn't touch upon Margot's fairy eye. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. Yeah. Like, She's like, I'm seeing colors, weird colors. Weird yeah. colors on my eyes and her. Uh, That's not normal. <laughs> yeah, and her little intern um, is gets her an eye patch to cover it up, <laughs> and she cool. accessorizes it automatically, yeah. of course. Yeah, uh, but it led to like I think one of my uh, favorite lines from the episode where uh, Janet goes, "Color the color correction on uh, the model is so bad, it's racist." <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. like e even as Janet, like Margot is still Margot. Uh, yeah, yeah, it it's great, and I just like there is no Elliot in this first three. It's all Hail Appleman, mm -hmm. uh, and as the creature, yeah, and Hail Appleman as a creature is fascinating to watch. It's like he super creepy, but very childlike and yes. like very intense. Yeah, mm -hmm. very and intense. I'm I'm really curious to see how it unfolds. Uh, with you know, with the creature yeah. and Elliot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I'm actually also really excited to see how um Arjun is going to play Penny twenty three because we haven't really really spent that much time with him yet, and I'm sure his personality is going to be a little bit different from like the uh the original Penny. Um, so that's that's going to be kind of something too, especially because you know Penny twenty three is in love with Julia. Yes. While Katie's still in love with Penny Penny, but Penny's that Penny's in the underworld. So how is that all going to work out? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. It's just gonna end up with Julie and Katie falling in love with each other. <laughs> that's okay with me too. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my money. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, let's see. I, you know, one other thing I really like uh, before we end <laughs> that oh, actually I'll save it for another episode. <laughs> Tease. <laughs> yeah. No, be, because it's a spoiler. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to give away timelines. I'll, I'll mention it to you after the call. Cool. All right. So, Sorry, guys. You got to wait. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week with... I think we'll... You want to do this weekly? We can try, at least. Yes. Yeah. Because I totally forgot... We were planning on doing Deadly Class Weekly, and I totally forgot 
that today is Tuesday. We're recording this the day before oh, okay. uh, season four yeah. premiere. Yeah. So um yeah, and tonight uh Daily Class premieres uh its second episode. So um maybe we'll I'll work with Christian and see what we can do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll do episode two and three together and make it you know quick touch points. Cool. Um, but f- yeah, we'll keep you updated on the feed and on the work print of our plans. Um, I really, I really want to do a uh, episode for next week because it ends so well. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you can catch Nicole's reviews and flash recaps mm-hmm. over on the work print starting tomorrow after the episode airs or yes yes like it should post tomorrow night after the episode airs yep all right yeah so stay tuned to the work print over at theworkprint.com if there's any outages that's my fault as i try to (laughs) fix things um (laughs) you can follow myself over on twitter at Bilal underscore mia and you can follow me at um on twitter at n double i x e and, th- and follow the work print at the work print. <laughs> yes. And you can literally follow the work print on any social media mm-hmm. at the work print. <laughs> um, so, yeah, looking forward uh, to hearing from you guys. And as always, uh, subscribe to the podcast feed. Uh, give us a rating and a comment. It goes a long way. Thank right. you so much, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.